Tired of the everyday grind. Want to get away from it all. Descent into paradise. everybody from sunny Florida. Here's wishing you the best of everything. And it's my personal belief that the best of everything comes from right down here. Well, hey, everybody. It's Steph from JustTodayInParadise.com, and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Just a Podcast in Paradise. Me and the Dip crew love living in the Sunshine State, and it's our goal to help you plan for your very own day in paradise. Follow along as we explore the keys parks, springs, and everything in between. As you know, we're always going to have a cocktail with you, and today we're drinking some hot apple cider. So we're ready if you are. Kick up your feet, throw on your shades, and let's take a trip to paradise. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. You need to make it clear that it's not just a hot apple cider. It's not. It's spiked. It's got whiskey in it. Well, that's true. It is spiked. Yeah, I finished mine already. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought, you know, we're trying to make it feel like it's freaking Halloween around here. It's hot. But though. it's hot. It's really It's hot. like 90-something degrees. It felt day. okay. When, when did we... It was Sunday night. It was Sunday night. I, I went outside to grab something, and it was, like, really windy out. And it, and wasn't it felt sweaty. kind of, like... <laughs> Right. Yeah. When the sun's down, it's been a little bit more mild, but it's definitely not sweater weather yet. No, but Megan is wearing one. Yeah. But we keep the air on 66 while we're recording because it gets fiery. sweater weather in the studio. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So we figured some hot apple cider would be good. Did you guys like it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't even taste spiked. It's good. It feels it feels comforting. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, like, like I could drink that. The whiskey and the heat of the (laughs) cider. I could drink that like when I'm sick. Yeah. I'm going to have a sore throat. And it would make you feel nice and, and cuddled. And warm. And warm. Yeah. So and if you happy. want the recipe for this or any of our episodes, cocktails, go over to our Patreon page, subscribe, and get yourself a little cocktail cookbook. So we are on episode three of our Fallapalooza-themed episodes. This week, we're going to take a little history lesson and a virtual tour around the state because nothing says Halloween like ghoulish graveyards, spine-tingling tales, and frightening phenomenon. Phenomena. True. Phenomena. 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 So I know we've all been doing a ton of research, so I figured we'd do a little campfire roundtable and then move into some of our own experiences with the paranormal. And at the end, we have a special interview with David Sloan. What? What? It's true. It's David Sloan? Yep, he's on standby. We're going to be calling him in a little bit, and he's going to share some history on Haunted Key West. So let's take a little break. We'll get the campfire going, and then we'll tell some spooky stories. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, Garrett, it's time for bed. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Can you you tell me a story first? All right, one story, and then it's nighty-night for you. Do you remember the one about Meggie Locks and the three cocktails? (gasps) Oh, my gosh, I love this one. Once upon a time, there was a little girl named Meggie Locks. She went for a walk on the beach. Pretty soon, she came upon a tiki bar. She sat down in the bar, and immediately she was served three beautiful cocktails. Meggie Locks can never resist a free drink. She tasted the first one and realized the straw was plastic. No, plastic is terrible for the environment. I can't drink this. So, she tasted the second drink. Gross. The straw's all soggy and all I taste is paper. So she tasted the last cocktail. Mmm, this hay straw is perfect. She said happily and enjoyed the rest of her delicious margarita. Well, Garrett, what's the moral of the story? (sighs) That when you use hay straws, all natural, 100%, biodegradable, gluten-free, and never soggy straws... You're actually doing your part to help take care of our planet. They can be tossed right in the compost bin after and will break down naturally and return to the circle of life. That's right, big guy. 
Good night, Steph. Good night, Garrett. We can all sleep a little easier thanks to Hay Straws. Visit haystraws.com to find out more. And we're back. Hello. 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 All right. So uh, let's go through some history first. Okay. Because that's where this all starts. This is why Florida is so haunted. So Florida is the 27th state in the union. Founded in 1845, but it might have been founded in 1845, but Ponce de Leon found it in 1513. You see what I did? Found it and then found it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tallahassee was born in 1824, Key West in 1822, Pensacola in 1698, and St. Augustine, the oldest city, was founded in 1565. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the city has faced war, diseases, hurricanes... And uh, I found a lot of haunted happenings around St. Augustine. You want to hear about them? We'll tell some ghost stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have, I have one. There. Yeah. All right. I perfect. Forgot, I forgot I had so one. it wouldn't be scary stories without a campfire. Yeah. Yeah. So let's light the we fire. Have a fire. Oh, nice. How about that? It's like we're really in, the, in, in a campfire. Campfire. So <laughs> the Castile. Wait, should we play the campfire sound while we're talking? Or? Yeah. Lower a little bit. All right. Okay. How about this? We'll stoke it a little. There we go. Stoke the fire. Stoke it. So uh, I found the Castillo de San Marcos. Mm. You guys heard about this place? Yes. Yeah. Been there. What? Was it spooky? Oh yeah. I'm excited. All right. Uh, the Castillo de San Marcos was built between 1672 and 1695, making it the oldest and largest masonry fort in the continental United States. Fifteen battles and sieges have been waged at this military fortress that served as a stronghold during wars between England, France, England, and America, and America's Union, North, and Confederate South. You can head over to thetravelchannel.com slash ghostadventures to learn a little bit more. But over the years, evidence has surfaced that the Castillo de San Marcos has been home to more foul play than initially thought. So this was pretty cool. So I guess they were doing some, like... Um, excavation or whatever, like in the the decades after the Spanish occupation, and they were moving like cannons around or something, and the floor gave out. And under the floor, they found a room revealing ashes and human bones, and it looked like it was actually a torture chamber for gruesome Spanish Inquisition. So it was like this hidden torture chamber. Hence, ghosts. Yeah, no, I... Right? Mm. Yeah. My story is actually takes place there. Oh, one of them. Okay, it's, so it's tell very, me what else happened here. Well, I was in eighth grade, and we had, we did a uh, like a Florida trip for our eighth grade trip. We did uh-huh. like Busch Gardens, Disney, and St. Augustine. And we were in St. Augustine when we went to Castillo de San Marcos. And I remember walking into like the kind of POW area, prisoner of war area. Mm-hmm. And it was like an open room, and it's all like limestone. It's 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 really it's a really gorgeous like fort. Like it's just crazy that they were able to even make, like build it back then. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I mean, it was almost summertime. And I remember that was the only room that I felt just freezing cold in. Really, the whole time. And 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 we were we went inside a lot of different rooms in there, but that was the only room that like I actually felt just really really cold in. Ghosts yeah. are cold. Maybe they the AC just in that room. Is there? Uh, there's probably there's no AC. AC in the it's a fort. It's an oldest masonry fort. They it's didn't called, have a trick, central anyway. air. It's called a trick. <laughs> uh, there's one debunk, other. Debunk my yeah. Ghost <laughs> you story. Can't debunk this. It's not how ghost stories work. Yeah, they're, they're all, all real. real. Don't be an idiot. Um, there's also uh, there's so there's a lot of ghost stories there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised that you had an otherworldly experience. Uh, One of the Castillo's best-known ghost stories involves a love triangle. Love triangles are always going to end in ghosts. That's a fact. Oh, yeah. You can Google it. Because they feel like, you know, they're forlorn. They have unfinished business. Exactly. Yeah. That's, Mm -hmm. like, the key to any good ghost story. So, uh, Spanish Colonel Garcia Marti, his wife Dolores Marti, and Captain Manuel Abela, not Abuela, 
Abela. In 1784, during the second Spanish occupation, Colonel Marty, the fort's commanding officer, suspected his wife of cheating on him with Captain Abela. His suspicions and temper were fueled when he claimed to smell his wife's perfume on Abela's uniform. Dun, dun, dun. Right? It wasn't the time where like it would be like, oh, it's another girl's perfume. It was her perfume. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like she like, made that yeah, at her yeah. house. Yeah. Well, you don't buy that at the Victoria's Secret. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so inexplicably, Dolores Marty and Captain Abela mysteriously disappeared soon after. Ghostly reports from the grounds of Castillo describe a female apparition in a white dress believed to be the forlorn spirit of Dolores Marty. Did you say forlorn? I did say wow. forlorn. There you go. Forlorn. See, see, guys, Dip Crew knows how ghosts feel. Uh, be forlorn. <laughs> other spiritual sightings include the ghost of a seminal seemingly leaping to freedom from the high fortress walls. Night watchmen at the Castillo, now U.S. National Park, have also reported seeing ghosts of Spanish soldiers patrolling the grounds. So there you go. Okay. Soldiers, uh, soldiers are a big one that like to be ghosts. Uh, I don't know if it's that they like to be ghosts, but they wind up being ghosts. Yeah. Uh, lovers, and then anywhere where there's trauma. So this is a real hotbed for ghostly activity. You didn't do a ghost tour while you were there, though. Uh, no, we did. We did do a ghost tour. We didn't do one in, uh, but, I mean, it was, it was kind of cheap. <laughs> the only real, the only real feeling I had that I, there was some sort of spiritual entity near me was in that room. That's so I exciting. Augustine. I like, there's something about the supernatural, like the paranormal that I can't not want to know more about it. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds scary. Like, I don't want to have a bad ghost experience or well, no to get does. scared, but I also do want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I want to believe it's not real or that it couldn't happen to me, but I also want to know about it. Right. It's weird. Yeah. Humans. Weird. weird humans. Um... So, yeah, so you can check out uh, the St. Augustine Ghost Tours by Ghosts and Gravestones. Uh, Ghosts and Gravestones do a few tours around the state, uh, so they're a big production, and you can get a little bit closer to some of those uh, haunts. They're, I don't know if they're happy haunts like we did in the Haunted Mansion episode, but they're sure definitely some. haunts. Yeah, for sure some. So what do you guys got? I got a different kind of one that, um, you know, it's not, like, insanely old. It's back in the 19, uh, 1960s. What city are we in? We are in Cape Canaveral, Florida. Oh, okay. And this is the site of the Apollo 1 launch complex. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Is this a ghost astronaut? Ghost astronaut? Jinx. <laughs> Plural. Ghost astronauts. Okay, let's hear it. So we all know Florida is home to, you know, NASA's space, yeah, space exploration mm-hmm. at Kennedy Space Center. Uh, but also, you know that NASA... Uh, had two of the worst horrific space tragedies of all time, you know? And, I mean, that's the Challenger and Apollo 1. Did that happen at Cape Canaveral? They both did. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. So Apollo 1 Launch Complex was actually the site of the unfortunate accident that claimed the lives of three astronauts on January 27, 1967. And those were named Gus Grissom, Edward White II, and Roger, Roger Caffey. Chaffee, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Not Roger. Sorry, Roger. Sorry. Roger that. The crew, the crew had planned to become part of uh, history. First Americans to ever go to the moon. That's Apollo 1. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Apollo 1. Yeah. Apollo 11 one. was the one that got to the moon. Right. <laughs> Just saying. Allegedly. So today the complex serves... We're not serves, that kind of podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. The, today the complex serves as a memorial, but... The spirits of the three brave astronauts that dared to take the risk to explore space might still be around. Visitors report feeling uneasy the moment they step foot in the grounds. Also heard were the sounds of pained screams. Word has it that a painted... No, yeah, ugh, I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> Word has it that a pained scream <laughs> was last heard on a transmission between the astronauts and mission control. Wow. That was the last thing I heard. That's crazy. Maybe you can edit this out, but he's not reading handwriting. It's print. It's print. (laughs) I can't read. I can't read my own font. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so there was... So when the Challenger exploded, they had that scream transmission? Or when did that happen? No, that was... The Challenger was was not this one. Okay. This is the Apollo 1 mission. Ah. So uh, 
that yeah, that was when the scream was. So they don't know where the scream came from. Well, it came from the, the rocket. They know that. Yeah. Okay. So then it wasn't as scary. So no. should I do the? Yeah, it's not that. Mine are good. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> no, it's still good. I mean, I've never thought about a ghost or not before. Yeah, that's why I was so, like, yeah, this that's is edgy. Weird. This is a very edgy. Uh, should I do the Wachula one or the Casadega one? Well, I feel like we already did an exotic, a Spanish one. Well, so maybe you could it's do. just the city it's in. Oh. It's the devil's chair. <laughs> the devil's chair? That's oh, gosh. Right. I'm doing both. Okay, which one first? Well, now I feel like I really need to know about the devil's chair. Okay, okay, hold on. So, north of Orlando, there is a city called Casadega. I've mm-hmm. actually not heard of it until I did this research. I've never been, okay. but now I'd like to go because it's got two weird things about it. One, it's apparently the psychic capital of the world. Psychic capital? Psychic capital. Capital. That's crazy. Because it has a large number of psychics and mediums that make it their home and, you know, do their, perform their services there. But it's also got something called the devil's chair. And apparently there are devil's chairs in a couple other states. Okay. Um, but what makes uh, the one in Florida a little bit unique is a, a legend about it. So supposedly it's in a cemetery. If you leave a full can of beer out at night, the next morning the beer can will be empty. It won't be opened. It'll what? still be sealed, what? but the beer can will be empty. It's a chair that he made himself, and if you sit there at midnight, you may hear him telling you to do evil things. What? But the weirdest, spookiest part is that beer can, in my opinion. Yeah. Spoiler the devil alert. likes... It's me taking the beer. <laughs> the devil shotgun. How are you not opening it? It's not shotgunned. It's sealed. Magic. That's crazy. Oh, man. How far is that? It's like... Over three I hours. think it's about an hour north of Orlando. Let me see. I was really planning on telling the Wachula story first. You could have done it. You gave us the option. I shouldn't have. Casadega is actually only about 30 to 45 minutes north of Orlando. Oh. If you're already going there, then you might might as well well bring a six pack and meet the devil. Oh, gosh. I don't know if the dip crew recommends this, but I mean, if you're going that way anyway. And just, there's nothing even you. like crazy looking about it. It's just like a wide brick bench, but supposedly the devil That's himself so built crazy. it. So I wonder if the devil has like a preference. Like, you probably don't want to bring Natty Ice to the devil. Yeah, I wouldn't. You know, I'd bring something yeah, maybe, like, imported or... Isn't there, like, a Rasputin ale? I feel like you would like that. He might. Or a nice IPA. I mean, him and Rasputin are buds, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they are. All right, so uh, I tried to find, like, some weird ones. Because, you know, Florida's pretty weird. Uh, so we started off with, like, obviously the oldest city in the state is going to have ghosts, but... Uh, have you ever heard of a little place called the I-4 Dead Zone? Yeah, that was one of the ones I was going to... Yes, it's... You not, can do it. No, no it's fine. We'll There's share. Like an we'll absurd share amount of accidents there, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. So, every day thousands of drivers pass over this unassuming stretch of highway on their commutes, unaware of the dark history that lies beneath them. Uh, the quarter-mile stretch of the interstate in Sanford, Florida, is said to be one of the most haunted highways in America. So... Uh, it's not a surprise that I-4 is freaking haunted because it's the worst. There's always traffic. There's always accidents. People drive like crazy. It's always under construction. So I don't know if the ghosts have something to do with that. Uh, but in the 1870s, there was a real estate tycoon named Henry Sanford, and he marketed the southern shore of the lake to new immigrants and potential citrus farmers. He then sold the 640 acres to a group of German in- immigrants who founded St. Joseph's Catholic Colony on the site. Uh, I guess they had a really bad time. The conditions were pretty difficult and a disease uh, ran rampant through the colony and had a, they had a particularly devastating outbreak of yellow fever in 1887 that sealed the, uh, sealed the fate of Joseph's. The surviving settlers buried their dead in the woods and left the failed colony behind. So now, over the years, uh, there has been just a tremendous amount of accidents. People get lost there. Uh, there were some strange occurrences at the former site. Drivers taking uh, I-4 over Lake Monroe have reported strange interference on their radios. Some claim to have seen ghostly apparitions on the road. And some long-haul truck drivers claim that their CB radios blast with static while they drive over the stretch of the highway. Uh, whether you believe in ghosts or not, if you're on the I-4, this is a dip tip. Be careful. Because even the living are out to get you there. Facts. Yeah. Did yeah. you have any other um, things that happened on the in the I four dead zone? Traffic. <laughs> Just traffic. 
Okay, traffic. Got it. Uh, all right. So, what do you have? Another haunted hotspot that you wanted to talk about? That was the one I was going to talk it? about. The other one doesn't have enough information. I have one. It's fine. Okay. So this one's in Wachula, and mm. you may not be familiar with Wachula, but we are because if you take the back roads to Orlando like we do, mm-hmm. we go through it all the time. And every time I pass it, I go Wachula. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's yeah. a small city, unassuming. Never really thought anything about it other than like who lives here. Mm-hmm. No like offense to Wachulans. Um, <laughs> but it's got kind of a sad history. During the Civil War, there was a slave that basically served as the town's midwife. And she was haunted by the memory of her own child being taken from her. So she started smothering the baby she delivered and claimed <gasps> that they were born stillborn. What? She would then carry their remains in a bucket to a nearby bridge and dump the remains in the river. Eventually, she was driven mad by her murder spree. She was uh, consumed with guilt, obviously because she loved her own child and lost it. Now she's killed who knows how many babies. Yeah. So she would start to see the buckets filled with blood on their own. She fell in the river and eventually drowned, never to be seen again. But rumor has it, if you visit the bridge on a full moon, you can see the river water running red with the blood. What? It's the Bloody Bucket Bridge. Bloody Bucket Bridge. First of all, that just sounds... You found really menacing places. Devil's Share. Bloody Bucket Bridge. Wachula. Okay. Wachula. So that's scary. So next time we drive through there, I feel like... No. You, you don't want to find the bridge. You don't want to well, find the bridge? Well, what are we going to be driving through during a full moon? I don't know. And at midnight. Oh, so it has to it meet did, those... It didn't say at midnight. Just oh. said <laughs> and with I the just, werewolf. I just made that up. The Devil's Chair is at midnight. Okay, oh. Devil's Chair is at midnight. Bloody Bridge is really whatever. at midnight, but if you sit in the chair at midnight, he might be like, what up? She, like, hey. <laughs> what up? I'm the devil. I'm the devil. <laughs> Thanks you for want, this beer. You want to play fiddle? Yeah. <laughs> you, you bring your fiddle. <laughs> so the devil went down to Georgia for a fiddle competition, uh, but he came down to Florida for a beer. Yes. And to whittle a chair. Well, yeah. it's brick. I don't know. Lay a Ma- chair. <laughs> <laughs> don't make a me bench. start singing it. Yeah. Uh, so I found one that's a little bit closer to home for us. Mm-hmm. You guys heard of Korshan State Park? No. Yes. Did you know that it's haunted? No, I didn't. Well, but I know it's like a pioneer thing. It's kind yeah. of like a pioneer thing, except it's more of a cult thing. <sighs> so I didn't oh, know about right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember it's, like hearing well, a little a bit of community. Right. With a cult leader. Quote, air quotes. I mean, any leader could be considered a call leader. That's true, if you try hard enough. Yeah. yeah. If you put mind to it. So, uh, this is a state park and a museum, and it's said to be haunted by the ghost of Cyrus Teed. Doesn't that sound is like... Is he the call leader? Go- yeah. Uh, and his followers. But he's like, he's a leader. Are they called like Teedians or something? Um, or I think they're Korishans. Uh, Korishans? Korishans. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, yeah. is that a hen? <laughs> uh, so, they're waiting... Uh, for their leader, apparently, to resurrect. That's a lot of thing that people... It's a thing that people in cults do. So, uh, shout out to anyone that's been in a cult. Spoiler alert, he's not resurrected. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they're still waiting. Uh, so, <laughs> this doctor was from Chicago. Uh, he changed his name in 1869 to Koresh. Ugh, sounds like a cult leader. Wait. What? Never mind. David Koresh? Never mind. That's another Wait. cult leader, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Who's David Koresh? He's, he was a cult leader in that, like, FBI shootout What's it called? in, like, Texas. Um, Loco. Uh, Waco. No. Waco. 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 Loco. Loco. I said Wilco. They went Loco in Waco. Waco. Is, this, is, is the, this ghost yeah. train is going way off the track. So um, so he developed a new religion in which he was the Messiah. Convenient. Mm-hmm. Teed brought his followers to this location in 1894 and built a commune, the Koreshan Unity. T died in 1908, and his followers waited for him to resurrect. After three weeks of waiting and no sign of resurrection, the health department forced them to get rid of the body. It was placed in a mausoleum on the beach, but washed out to sea during a hurricane years later. The last Korishan, Korishan, Korishan died in 18, I'm sorry, 1982, and many believe their spirits are still watching over the land. Shadowy people have been seen before vanishing on the trails. Unexplained voices have been heard in the buildings and floating orbs of light have been seen all over the park. Where was this again? It's like just north it's of Benita. Like, yeah, you, you've, you've definitely seen it. There's a sign on the highway. Korshawn State Park. Oh. Yeah, there's like, Megan used the word pioneer type, like log cabins. Right. Um, I did a little bit more research about this because I've never been there and it's right up the road. Uh, and there's people that go out at night with video cameras and there's a few videos where like, you can see some like, some, some. like ghostly figures. Like people, you know, obviously 
ghosts are in the eye of the beholder, you know, when you see things like orbs and figures, you know. Uh, but yeah, there's there's some activity for sure. Sidetrack. Mm-hmm. David Koresh changed his name to Koresh probably because of the Khorasan people. Oh, that makes sense. So he yeah. was he was in the, the 1970s, 80s that right. he was active. So he was inspired by the Khorasan. Maybe he was resurrected. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> Should we have turned the lights off and gotten like flashlights for this? Well, yeah, missed opportunity. Yeah, but that's just for us. Yeah, you know, special for us it's in the studio. Um, so I thought like we've had some, we've shared some ghost stories today. Yeah, but who better to tell us ghost stories than a ghost hunter? Right, yeah. you're in. So uh, let's give David Sloan a call. Yes. I'll introduce him to you guys, and he'll tell us firsthand about what's going on in Haunted Key West. Woo! You guys ready? Yeah. Let's man. do it. Wow, playing frisbee on the beach is the best. I know! What a great day for fun in the sun! Why don't you come join us, Garrett? I know how much you love ultimate frisbee. You know, I'm actually going to sit this one out, guys. Garrett, that's not like you. Is something wrong? It's just that, you know, it's really hot out, and and my thighs, they're, they're so clammy. Oh, don't worry, bro. We've all been there. I've got just the thing in my beach bag. Try this bala powder. Powder? That. Isn't that for babies? <laughs> Not this powder, Gare Bear. Whether you're enjoying an actual day in paradise or just grinding away and daydreaming of your next dip to come, Bala Body Products for Men will keep you feeling fresh, comfortable, and smelling great. The finest Italian talc blend with all natural essentials and fragrances that will keep you chafe-free and walking confidently wherever your journey through paradise takes you. Wow, Steph, you're right. I've never felt so fresh and comfortable. I'm going to wear this at the office. And it smells good, too. All right, Garrett, go long. <laughs> Don't mind if I do, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So today we have on a very special guest. He is Key West's haunted history authority, renowned author with titles including Quit Your Job and Move to Key West, which is something that I know we all want to do, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Ghosts of Key West, and of course, a key lime pie aficionado, David Sloan. Welcome onto the show, David. Hey, thanks so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. So uh, we, I know Garrett got excited about the key lime pie, so we'll get to that. But the real reason why you're here is because you are the haunted authority in Key West. So we want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you better. So what makes you Key West's haunted authority? I was the first one to really do it down here. You know, the ghosts obviously had always been around, but people had stopped talking about them. And I moved down here in 96 to start a ghost tour. And I was digging through the, the archives. I was going everywhere, and I could find almost nothing. And I was about to leave town, and I talked with the historian at the library. And he went into this walk-in vault and came out with a file about three inches thick full of newspaper clippings through the decades of all of the different hauntings in Key West. So I went around knocking on doors, and I was able to talk to people who had been here for you know, 20, 30, 50 years and document all of their stories. And I started the first ghost tour from here, and then I started writing the books about it. And I've always just been researching ever since. I really love history, and I love the research, and I've been obsessed with the paranormal since I was in kindergarten. That's so cool. I love how you actually, you know, so many historians get, like, second and third-hand information, but I love how you actually went door to door and got to meet a lot of these people that are living in these homes. It was great, and, I mean, so much of that information would have been lost. Because there are so many stories and, you know, the the average amount of time that someone lives in Key West today as opposed to then is a lot shorter. So when these people leave, a lot of those stories go with them. Mm-hmm. So um, so I feel very fortunate that I was able to document them. That's awesome. You're keeping them alive, so to speak. So, um, yeah. you know, in today's episode, we're talking a lot about haunted cities across Florida, but Key West is arguably the most haunted city in Florida. So why do you think that is? You know, there's several different theories. 
what I find is any of the best haunted cities in the United States were usually along the shipping routes and the trade routes. You know, you have places like New Orleans and then Key West, um, Havana, Savannah, St. Augustine, Charleston, all these old seaports. So they're the older towns, but then a lot of them have done a lot to preserve the historic structures. And there's also the different theories about spirits not being able to cross saltwater. And there's also theories about uh, limestone and that that helps to kind of trap the ghosts in. And Key West was once a large coral reef. So, I mean, our whole foundation is coralline limestone. Right. Um, so, so those are some of the theories out there. I kind of think that it's never been an easy place to live, but mm-hmm. people who do survive here, it's so rewarding. So I think when they finish up their regular lifespan, they're just not quite ready to leave. Oh, that's kind of nice. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Every time we go, we yeah. don't want to leave either. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has that effect on people. So probably like the most infamous, I know the one I think we are the most scared of, I don't even like talking about it, is Robert the Doll, which I know you have a close relationship with. Can you tell us the history of Robert the Doll? Yeah, Robert came to Key West in 1904, and he was given to a little boy named Gene Otto, and Gene became obsessed with the doll. Um, Gene's real name was Robert Eugene Otto, and he gave Robert to the doll, went by Gene for the rest of his life. And whenever he'd get in trouble for things, he'd never get the blame. He'd blame the doll. And, you know, this went on for a long time. He did go off and see the world. He went to Paris, met his wife, brought her back, and rekindled this relationship with Robert. And the stories around town, I mean, there's there are countless stories about him. But um, today he's up at the Fort East Martello Museum at this great old Civil War fortress. And... Close to a million people have come to Key West and heard his story, and over a thousand of them have written a letter to Robert saying, please remove the curse, or I'm sorry that I did this. Uh, mm -hmm. (laughs) See, that's um, where we get worried. (laughs) Yeah. So in a nutshell, he's uh, the world's most haunted doll. Great. So great. (laughs) Love talking about him. He he doesn't like his picture taken. Yeah, that's what we've heard. He doesn't like his picture taken. No, I want to. Yeah, you know, there there are a lot of legends about Robert. And people will tell you that you have to ask permission to take his photo. And that's one of the things that I'll tell people absolutely do not ask permission because it's very dangerous. Um, The way that the legend started was when Robert went on display, it was before people had cell phones. And, you know, so people wanted a picture. They had the good old camera with the film and the battery. And it wasn't uncommon for any spirits to drain those batteries. Uh, as a way for them to get energy because all the spirits out there want energy. And with these batteries draining, people say, whoa, Robert doesn't like his picture taken. But then you had lots of rolls of film where nothing would turn out except the photographs of Robert. Um, So somewhere along the way, a tour guide said, well, you know, if he doesn't like his photo being taken or if, if he's having these problems with the pictures, maybe you need to ask permission. So that legend just kind of stuck and evolved, and uh, it actually puts a lot of people in danger. Yeah, wow. I never thought about that. Hmm. That's crazy. I know Garrett has a, a question for you about... Yeah, it's a follow-up to uh, you know your relationship with Robert the doll, but <laughs> have you ever had, you specifically ever had any paranormal experiences with Robert? I've had some really bizarre things happen oh, around the doll. Do tell I mean, me. I've been researching him since 96. The first time I went into the attic room, at the artist house, which is the auto home that, that Robert lived in for most of his life. Uh, the owner took me up to the attic to show me where Robert used to live. And the room was still furnished with the furniture that Gene Otto had put in there for Robert. And I'll tell you this, it looked like a creepy little kid's party was about to unfold. And the room was hot like an attic would be, but this different energy took over it. And I thought I was going to throw up if I didn't get out of there. Wow. And then, so I politely excused myself. And then when I went to the museum and saw Robert for the first time, he was locked in the back. He wasn't on display yet. And when they brought him out, he was, you know, they set him on the table. I went to photograph him and he looked like an inanimate object. There was nothing to him. And then when I went to grab for his hat, just to lift it off to take photos of him without the hat, you could see him change some boom, something popped into him. Um, you could see an intelligence in his eyes and that same 
negative heat energy I'd felt in the attic filled the room and I thought I was going to throw up. Wow. Um, I had, uh, and then my camera, I tried to capture it uh, to show the difference in the look. My camera would not function. It would not take those photos. Oh my gosh. That's so, so crazy. I just got hot thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. And then I had some really bad things when I was writing the book about Robert, I lost four hard drives uh, and things got bad enough that uh, I put out a plea on social media and uh, a Santeria priest came to help me. And um, he did some ceremonies to get rid of what was affecting me. But that, that was, that was a really, yeah, yeah. They did a Misa spiritual, just a, a spirit mass. Uh, but that opened my eyes to a lot of things. And something really cool that's happened just since I started doing the tours up at the fort with Robert. Um, it was probably like the second day. And I went to the chiropractor in the morning. I was wearing a Robert the Doll shirt and a Robert the Doll mask. And when I walked in, he said, I'll be right back. I've got to pick up some birds. And I said, what, did I kill them with my Robert energy? He goes, it did happen right when you walked in. So there were two birds that had flown into his window. They were just the little yellow Cuban finch. And then uh, we're standing there and a third one does it. And I think to myself, and when I say to him, I go, whoa, I'm not going to be able to do this if you know animals are going to be dying around me yeah and then i went to the grocery store and i was inside the store in the produce section two of the exact same bird buzzed my head at the same time what? like one on either side that is and then crazy. then that night when i get to the museum i go in to see robert and sitting on top of his case was the exact same bird stop it and it, it was alive i walked up to it and let me take it in my hand and I took it outside and let it go. So three dead ones and then three live ones. Um, it was the strangest thing. I've got a photograph of the one that was on top of the case because uh-huh. I, I just knew it, it was unbelievable. Um, yeah. So Robert has this control over animals that's just crazy. Um, people, you know, people always say, oh, you know, getting a curse when you disrespect him. But there's a lot of people who Robert really takes a liking to and they'll have something strange happen with animals. There was a couple who was out on the tour for their anniversary last week. And when they were pulling away, they said that a blue heron, a baby blue heron, flew down in front of their car. They go to a stop. It, it hopped up on top of their hood and looked at them and then flew away. Weird. That's yeah. a little bit more pleasant, though. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, do you feel like he took a liking to you? Or do you think he's, like, not really sure? No, no. Robert and I... We've been through a lot, and I think he's really pleased with what's happening now. You know, because it took me a while to understand what was really going on. When I started, it was all legends about Robert. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I thought we were dealing with one entity. And through time, you know, when things just didn't match up, it was was like a real personality disorder uh, for on his part. And then I came to understand that there's multiple entities at work there. Interesting. So is it like, is it at work in the fort itself or are these entities all kind of like residing in Robert? Uh, just, just around Robert. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, there's a lot of the fort. There's uh, 42 different spirits that have been reported there. Wow. But right around Robert, there's three main ones that we're aware of. And one of them is a, a good, innocent uh, child and the other two are not so nice. I mean, there, there was a movie that came out recently, Annabelle. I think he's more haunted than that doll. Yeah, you know, Annabelle got the star treatment from Hollywood. Yeah. But if you look at the number of people who have actually been haunted by Annabelle, you could probably count them on one hand. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anybody alive who's uh, who's experienced anything from her. And with Robert, you know, every day people are talking about things like that. So, yeah, I think, I think when it comes to being an actual haunted doll, Robert yeah. has uh, in, has affected a lot more people. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you not being well, not helping me not sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. So I know you do a Robert the Doll tour. So what kind of experience should guests expect? It's a night tour, right? Yeah, you had us at yeah, night it's tour. A, it's, yeah, it's a nighttime <laughs> tour, and um, what I do is I take people into the fort, and we spend about thirty minutes touring through the fort. And unfold the true story because there's so many internet legends out there about Robert that are just wrong. So we dispel those legends 
And then I go through the real story and, you know, get to the truth of it. And then we spend about 30 minutes with Robert. We read him letters that people have written to him. Um, we People have a chance to ask him questions, and I have uh, all types of paranormal equipment. I've got the FLIR thermal imager. I've got a great spirit box that we use with him. There's a REM pod. And I'll give him different little mystery gifts. I have a box, and we'll let somebody give him different gifts. And when uh, we tell the true story of what's really haunting Robert the doll, and we tell people how they can take pictures with him safely, and um, people leave with a completely different understanding of Robert than they started with. Yeah, I heard uh, at uh, around midnight, for those that are brave enough, you guys do like a, a Ouija board sort of experience? Yeah, you know, Something new that we're doing, we're doing Robert Bell's Late Night Lantern Lockdown, mm -hmm. and that one's going to be after the regular tour, and it gives people an opportunity to tour through the entire fort. We give them a ghost hunting kit and a flashlight and turn off all the lights and give them free reign. Whoa. And there's uh, <laughs> 20 different – yeah, yeah, and we've got like 20 different haunted history markers around the fort that identify places where there's – you know, that are paranormal hotspots. Mm-hmm. And so people can just really try to help us figure out who some of these ghosts in the fort are because all types of activities reported. We know some of them are soldiers. We know some of them are slaves who helped build the fort. We've got a cat there. We're pretty sure that that's Fred. But there's other haunted artifacts. There's an old Calusa canoe. There's uh, some artifacts in the convent section. And we don't know who exactly is haunting these areas. We see a male presence or a female presence. So – this is going to be an opportunity for people to help us solve the history behind some of the objects too, and, and help us find out who these ghosts are. That's so neat. So then like the, the people on the tour get to really contribute to every tour that comes after it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an ongoing thing. Yeah. I love that. So I know that now our listeners are going to be hooked and they're going to be like, how do I get to Robert by way of David. So tell us where they can learn a little bit more about your ghostly adventures and where they can follow you on social media. Yeah. If they go to ghostfort.com, that has all the information on both of our tours and on social media, we're at QS ghost Fantastic. So thank you so much for coming on, David. Uh, we appreciate yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. We appreciate the story. Tell Robert, we said, hi. Uh, as long I am as, going yeah. to tell him that. I, I actually told him I'd be talking with you, and he said he was very excited, mm -hmm. and he's looking forward to seeing you in QS. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Perfect. we'll definitely try and get, uh, catch up with you when we get there. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we'll let you know next time we're in town. Great. We can wait. All right. See you then. All right. Happy hauntings. Uh, wow. That I was am, incredible. I am thoroughly spooked. Right? I ain't sleeping. Seriously. Those birds. I'm like I want like a I want an encounter with birds. I don't want them to like peck at I'm me, fine. but like that might like put me over the edge. If birds were committing suicide in front of me, yeah, yeah that's yeah. some. I want happy encounters. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like he worked his way through it. Maybe Robert is someone that you have to like. He like tests you, right? You know, you kind of have to prove that you're in it for the long haul with him. Yeah, it's like a fraternity. <laughs> right. He hazes you, and then he's like, "Okay, uh -huh. yeah, you're good." You're yeah. Right. I mean, he doesn't. Um, I would imagine. He's had a few different owners. He's had, he's seen a lot of things. He doesn't want you just making a mockery of him, especially the guy's gonna live into eternity in a sailor suit. And you know, I would like imagine. He, yeah. His original owner liked very serious care of him. He doesn't want right. Know, so know? he's used to the finer things. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So uh, we actually went on one of his ghost tours before. Megan, do you remember that? This was I like do. five years ago. I do. It was awesome. It was really hot that night. I remember that. Uh, but it's what's cool about his tours, like he said, is you get to bring along some like equipment to actually ghost hunt. You're not just hearing about ghost stories. You're actually interacting with everything. I'll just be the driver. Yeah, I remember there yeah. was like a like a temperature gun. Yes. You could, like see if it was like a cold spot. You could shoot it into you, some of the older like, buildings. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like the house because you can't go into some of them. Yeah. You could see activity. Yeah. So uh, like you know we've talked about before in uh, last week's episode. You want to watch out for hitchhikers. Right, Meg? Mm -hmm. So I know we teased this story a little bit. So tell me a little bit uh, about the hitchhiking ghosts. So they, you know, hitchhiking ghosts are a very real possibility. So they give you these little dolls that are supposed to ward off these spirits. Uh, and Steph's sister, Val, took them and was, like, delighted. And then was like, you know what? I don't need these. She basically laughed in the face of danger Ugh. and tossed Reckless. Toss Truly reckless. And I was like, well, here's my opportunity. I fetched them out of the trash and 
later on when she was changing, I put them into her pocket. So she found them again, and you should have seen the horror on her face <laughs> that now is some hitchhiking dolls. Right. That's what happens when you make a mockery of it. Right. So you taught her a lesson. What would you have done, Garrett, if you found the tossed dolls back in your pocket? Well, if I was dating Megan, I'd know that she did it. <laughs> would you, though? Or would you be scared first? Oh, I'd be scared. What if you would just spend three hours looking for ghosts? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd be really scared, but then I'd be like, Megan did this. Yeah. Didn't You'd she? hope. Oh, yeah. that, that did not cross her mind. Yeah. It was pure fear. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. And then uh, I actually went on a ghost tour in Key West like forever ago. And I can't remember the name of it, but I had, it was so long ago that I had a disposable camera with me. And not one picture came out. Not one. Do you hear me? So like he talked about sucking the energy out of the cameras. It actually happened. That's pretty freaky. Yeah, it was freaky. I went and got them developed and they were all like, just like bright white light. Does it take energy out of people? I wonder. I mean, how could you not? Right. I mean, maybe. It would explain Lulu. Yes. Lulu had an out of body experience or the producer had an out of body experience uh, during the ghost tour, but she's, she's okay now. We think more or less. Yeah, no. she's even herself anymore. Maybe, right. she, maybe she's a hitchhiker. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, some other cool places that you can visit in Key West, the Key West Cemetery. You've been there, right, Meg? Yeah, it's big. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, it's estimated that as many as 100,000 people have been laid to rest in the 19-acre Key West Cemetery, more than three times the number of living residents in the city. So there's more. Wow, there's Where do you keep your dead? <laughs> Where do you keep your dead? Uh, the cemetery was established in 1847 after a hurricane washed bodies from the previous location. My gosh, hurricanes be taking bodies, right? No. I mean, in Key West, especially. Right. Yeah. It's well, not over where you keep your dead. Yeah. Well, right here, you can't miss it. It's right. huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's, look at it. It's right over here. Uh, so perhaps most recognized among the tombstones, because that's kind of a thing. And if you're in Key West, and especially during the cooler months, because it's pretty big, it's all outside. So if you're going to be walking around, you either uh, want it to be cool or bring your ball of powder, right? Bring your ball of powder. Bring your ball of powder. Um, there are really cool tombstones because something about Key West that we all love is the quirkiness, the humor. Uh, so you can go and hunt for the fun tombstones. So there's one that's famous of local, local hypochondriac BP Roberts or BP Pearl Roberts, which reads, I told you I was sick. <laughs> uh, literary references are around as well with one tombstone reading so long and thanks for all the fish. A, refer a reference to Douglas Adams' book of the same name. Uh, another reads, Grok, look it up, from Robert Heinlein's novel, Strange <laughs> okay, Animal look Fan. It up. Look it up. What's ah. Grok? Megan's going to be looking it up. Uh, some other notable one-liners include, Jesus Christ, these people are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Uh, this one's funny. I'm just resting my eyes. You know? Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... <laughs> Here lies a devoted fan of singer Julio Iglesias. <laughs> Would you like to know what Grok yes, is? Yes, what is Grok? A, well, is it spelled G-R-O-K? Yeah. Okay, is a neologism, neologism coined by American writer Robert A. Heinlein mm -hmm. for his 1961 science fiction novel, Stranger in a Strange Land, and it means to understand intuitively or by empathy to establish rapport with. Interesting. So just Grok. Yeah, Grok. Yeah. Grok. Grok. <laughs> um, wait, the yeah. book's major theme can be seen as a extended definition of the term. So basically, he really liked that book. Right. <laughs> the guy likes his Grok. Um, <laughs> then, uh, if you're reading this, you desperately need a hobby. Rude. Uh, and uh, I always dreamed of owning a small place in Key West. Aw. <laughs> so it's kind of nice and also funny. What if they didn't? What if they just rented and they never actually did it? Like there's no body in there? No, what, what if like uh -oh. he actually was renting and he didn't buy anything and he just the, the died without Garrett's not getting it. Yeah, but that's what the, he owns. The small he thing owns he owns is his gravestone. Property. Oh, that's the property. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I've had two drinks. <laughs> I don't think he would have gotten it sober. Yeah, well, that's that's the joke. It's like a double. All right. Megan um, hates me. It's not true. Aw, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> Aw, you're just dumb. Uh, there's much more to the cemetery than just punchline epithets and conch-shaped tombstones. Uh, Key West is also a uh, resting place to some famous residents. You ever heard of a little guy called Sloppy Joe? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know the, Good the, stuff. the food. Yeah. The manwich. The the guy uh, is also laying to rest there. Uh, lots of soldiers, some Cuban freedom fighters. There's some cool mon- monuments. And if you like photography and you don't even like tombstone jokes, it's a great place to take a lot of really cool pictures. Uh, you can find roosters. There's like iguanas everywhere. It's pretty fun. Cool. Uh, that's all I got I about mean, ghosts. Yeah. What do you guys think? I want to go on the, the night tour. Yeah, we have to go next time. Like, I'm scared. But the fact that you could just, like, free reign explore with, with flashlights, that sounds awesome. Oh, my awesome. gosh. I'd be really scared. Do you think that Robert the doll would be offended if we played hide-and-seek in there? Yes. Well, I feel like since he's a doll, he's probably used to hide-and-seek. Like, he might find us instead of one of you guys. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Abort. Can we have, like, a panic button if we go? Like, a safe word? Like, okay, Spumoni. it's too scary. Spumoni. 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 <laughs> Spumoni. So, oh, you hear Spumoni, then you can't find me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, let's have the last word here. Do you guys believe in? Do you guys believe in ghosts? Yes. I would love to say I don't. Like, I wish I could deny their existence. Yeah. But unfortunately, I believe. I mean, here's how I feel. I think that ghosts are like an oversimplification of whatever's happening. Yeah, like, yeah. you can't deny that we're all energy. We can all agree that energy never stops. So just because you die doesn't, you know, your human form doesn't mean that your energy doesn't move on or maybe even stay. And like what he said about the limestone and the salt water, like mm-hmm. kind of makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, we'd love to know if you believe in ghosts at home. Hit us up on Instagram at just take a dip and let just us know. Dot take dot <laughs> dot, a dot dot dip. dip. Uh, <laughs> and let us know if you believe in ghosts if you follow us on social media you know we've got a lot of giveaways going on this week so be sure to check those out and enter for your chance to win hey straws hey Hey. all right everybody thank you for tuning in to just a podcast in paradise we know you have your choice of travel podcasts and we thank you for choosing to travel with us we would love it if you would subscribe so you don't miss an episode and give us a five-star review if you enjoyed your time with us today. You can also follow us on Instagram at Just Take a Dip for daily updates on what's happening around Florida and check out our YouTube channel, Just a Day in Paradise, for destination ideas, restaurant reviews, unboxing things you might want to take on your next trip, and copycat recipes from some of your favorite places in paradise. We're wishing you a little bit of sunshine wherever you are, and we hope to see you in paradise soon. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye there. We Bye. will see you next week. Where do you keep your tent? <laughs> I don't where, know. Where? This, this is city morgue? <laughs> I need you do, sugar. If you do believe in ghosts and you have a story and that's yes. why you believe, please tell Let us. Let us know. We'll have you on. You can come yeah. tell us. Yeah. yeah. We want to hear it. We'll we won't pay. Story live. We right. won't pay. Oh, say goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, 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 o